Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning Mr. in the battle against Ebola. It's called the Tide by Pod Challenge. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American solo. Howdy, partners. This is Brent Loveday of Reno Divorce and Brent Loveday in the Dirty Dollars. Check out my new solo record, Hymns for the Hardened Heart, at brentloveday.bandcamp.com. Now, here's something good for you. Something good for you. Guys, and welcome to the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Duff, and across from me is... Cap Nunn, who came from all of the slush and all of the ice and a little bit of snow just to give a little something good for everybody this week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. No, it is quite snowy out here. In fact, if you can actually deal with the blinds this week, Captain, oh, do you want to actually try pulling them up so we can see what it looks like out here? Other uh, way. It, I'll it, let it, you. Yeah. They, here. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like that really matters since this is an audio <laughs> Hey, it's medium. scenery for us. <laughs> nah, guys, this is going to be a little bit of a chill episode. No special guest with us no today. No intended either. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But yeah, no special guest. Didn't feel like dragging them out through all the snow. And hey, we hadn't... This, this is our show, damn it. Right. We hadn't had an episode for us in a minute anyway. We're so. just hanging out today. It's nice and relaxed. And you know, I was talking about it being icy and snowy earlier. It was actually... It, pretty manageable yeah i wound up having a uh, food ordered earlier because i don't wind up planning ahead and thinking oh it's gonna be snow let me at least get a couple things to put in the fridge so called doordash <laughs> and right about that time is when you were thinking about coming over too and i looked outside and i saw all that shit going on with the driveway i'm like fuck yeah <laughs> i had to do a little bit of walking because i was not going to take a chance with your driveway Nah, fuck that noise so no <laughs> it's it's a little snowy so it's it's gonna be a little bit more of a laid-back pod kind of a little more relaxed i don't know wait till you, wait till i tell you about what i hate oh <laughs> well let's go ahead and get on into that this show is brought to us by repo record down on commonwealth avenue check them out online uh RepoRecord.com, and they are also on social media like instagram just look them up at repo record uh we follow them on our social media which is at something gfy so definitely check those guys out and in addition to that, the show is brought to you by Hate Energy Drink, the energy drink that uh, the fill-ins over here have brought to you for a little over a year now, and it's been a fun little venture. And right there on that can, it's got a little hashtag that says, what do you hate? And usually we like asking our guests this question, but go ahead and pass that it on so over smooth. to Captain Nunn today. <laughs> Captain Nunn, what do you hate? It's a love-hate thing, but... <sighs> Most of the time, I fucking hate dating. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it is the worst. So let's unpack this a little bit. Let, like, let's delve into this since we this is just the two of us episode. Yeah. Um, recently single. How long ha- was that a thing? I mean, this was six months ago, but... Well, no, and, how long had y'all been dating? Oh, we've been dating for three years. Okay. I lived with uh, 
the said person for about a year and a half. Yeah, so it, it was a pretty serious thing for a while. So you're kind of hopping back into this, you know, after a good bit at doing it. So has it changed much already, just even within those couple years? Well, yeah, because last time I was dating, I was in my 20s, and now I'm dating in my 30s. Well, you had a few girlfriends before her. Right, but when you're dating in your 20s, everybody's fun and just wants to get fucked up and get laid and everything. When yeah. you're dating in your 30s, everybody's just sad <laughs> or divorced <laughs> or has two kids that they're raising by themselves. And <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 30s are awesome, y'all. No, but uh, in between uh, doing the podcast, the band, and everything else, I really haven't had any time to, you know, go on dates or like meet people and stuff like that. Anyway, this is just something where I'm just, you know, now setting some time aside, you know, just for funsies really. Yeah. So I got the Tinder app and all that dumb stuff too, because you know, I don't get out of the house all that much anyway, because of all the activity that Back I do Back on Tinder. Yeah, exactly. It's just a lazy way of doing it, but it is what it is. How's that working for you this time? I mean, not very well, but <laughs> it's kind of fun because there are some, because there are some, silly ass names on tinder like we were talking with clayton last week about um just bad names or just like silly baby names or what happened on on, on uh was it southwest or whatever airline that was that yeah absidy absidy <laughs> curiosity yeah my little sister's friend named curiosity i didn't know about that when he told me that because usually he or mom will like send me a message because you know i don't live at home anymore so they'll like send me a message going like you would not believe this crazy shit i feel like i would have gotten the absidy text i mean uh the curiosity text rather oh curiosity <laughs> is normal compared to some of the names i've seen on tinder oh like, no i'm looking right now it's gonna become a new segment <laughs> fucked up names of tinder it should be like this person right right here her name is tian like T-I-A-N. Like T -I -A -N. <laughs> <laughs> Shit you not. And uh, what were some of them you saw earlier? One was Heaven. One was Talila. Talila. That that's the one that got me. <laughs> <laughs> Talila. Some of them sound like just straight stripper names because well they probably no. are. <laughs> but some. Uh, What's really fun to laugh at on Tinder is like the really self righteous profiles. Like, oh God, oh, yeah. they get all up in your face about it too. Like, if you voted for such and such, we can't, we're not gonna work. It's like, that's the tone I read <laughs> off of it. No, I, I, I totally don't get, fall in line with that. It, I, I didn't even do that when I was just dating around because I, I never didn't. Okay, this is how weird I was. I never right. not dated someone for their religious beliefs or their political beliefs, but I couldn't date a vegan. That'd be a challenge. Th that says a lot about maybe me, <laughs> but seriously, I could I could not date a vegan or someone that couldn't eat meat. I could date someone complete opposite, just into the spectrum idea-wise as me, but for some reason... We still got to be able to sit down and eat a burger. We still got to be able to eat a steak. At least have a compatible diet that y'all could live together with. Exactly. But no, I, I, could, I, could, I can deal with a lot, but I can't deal with vegetarianism or veganism. And it's weird. It's like half the women I've met since I've been just, you know, hanging around and going out in public, the cute ones are mostly vegan or vegetarian. It's yeah. very odd for some reason. 
Well, I mean, it, it stems I mean, from that whole, you know, save the animals thing where they, they, they people get confused between cats and dogs and pigs and horse, well, pigs and cows. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, they get they get those lines confused. It's like, well, there's some for substance, substance and nutrients and some are fucking domesticated animals for pets and for our pleasure and to have, you know, as companions. Don't bring them to bars. No. <laughs> First off. I'm just, now I'm just picturing somebody bringing a pot belly pig to a bar or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be like, what? Can I pet it? Well, no, you got you to be able to keep us updated then uh, on your new uh, Tinder. On my ventures. Oh, yeah, your Tinder ventures. Because uh, you, you, we already heard uh, a while back, early in the episodes, uh, Mikey and I wanted to figure out some segment for, like a dating <laughs> segment for you. So now you're just kind of writing it yourself. So Yeah, well. I'm you you, you got to keep us a little bit updated. I know. It now, it's like now I feel confident enough to just go out in public and just do whatever. So, <laughs> ladies, holla. No. Well, speaking of vegans, there are thoughts throughout the week that you may just kind of humor yourself with and just be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. You just may not share it. Well, I've decided to start jotting this down in my phone and I'm just going to share it with the world because I'm a fucking dumbass. <laughs> and this is a fun little segment called Keep Your Thoughts to Yourself. Blah, 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 etc. Making my ears a ring. My honey, my baby, please don't open your mouth. Don't tell me no lies and keep your thoughts to yourself. I thought Jeff Clayton said your opinions don't matter, man. Well, too fucking bad. <laughs> because something that's really been getting on my nerves lately. Why is there a new fad of this vegan leather? What? Have you not seen this? <laughs> I have not. There is a new fad of vegan leather. Now, I can fully support people wanting to get a leather substitute that doesn't hurt the cows. Fine. Do your thing. That's not for me. But if you feel better about doing that, I'm not going to shit talk is you. Is it leather thing? then? That's my point. It's pleather. <laughs> Hasn't there been a big issue yeah. about like people saying don't get pleather? It fucking sucks. So why is there a big um, resurgence of vegan leather? It's just the same thing, is it not? Uh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe just vegan culture is just taking over, man. <laughs> it's the new thing. No, what it is, it's branding. They're they're taking yeah. the idea of pleather, which people saw as a negative, and they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna put the word vegan on it." We're, we're because maybe there was a substance or two in it that wasn't vegan. Oh, Ooh, we can just change those up a little bit. Just finding a new way to pander to a certain uh -huh. to a very specific demographic. Yep, interesting. Welcome to pandering 2018 into 2019. Right, oh lord. And I find that so funny that folks fall for that shit. Because it's like you're just falling for more marketing. The, the biggest um, thing I laugh at still is the whole um, anonymous V for Vendetta thing where it's supposed to be like taking down the government, being anonymous, yet you're uh, cashing in on this capitalistic uh, thing of purchasing these masks created by Hollywood. Do they still do that? Does, is it's, anonymous it, still a thing with uh, all that? Anonymous is kind of fallen to the wayside. Okay. It's, it's, it's mainly split up. There's The people that were involved with anonymous still do things, but just not under the anonymous name because it's kind of uh, being taken 
over by the neck beards leaving, li- living in mommy and daddy's basement. <laughs> when in reality, there are a couple of really smart people that were doing stuff in that group that weren't even politically motivated. It was just either, you know, data information that needed to get out or, you know, this, right. that, and the other. It, it was a real thing, but then when... The soccer moms became aware of it, essentially, just right. to kind of put it in perspective, a.k.a. when the rest of America kind of latched on and figured it out, <clears throat> uh, there was a lot of copycats that came up and people using it not under the true name. The ninth generation ain't yes. on, or it's morphed into, like, what's out there today, like Antifa or Proud Boys or any of your versions of those exactly. groups that are just what Nail on the head, dude. Yep. Nail on the head. So when I think of Anonymous, I think of, like, what, 10 years ago through, like, 4chan and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and 10 years ago when it was just a small, a small little group, I think it was a legit group of, like, six or seven individuals. When it was right. just that, they were actually doing shit, but anything that you see now about Anonymous is not the real shit. Ugh. <laughs> Even Anonymous got ninth generation horrible co- copycats. I was gonna say that was a weird little rabbit hole to go down just from pleather, right? <laughs> That's what it leads to, everybody. Just saying, you'll get your proud boy version of vegans, and <laughs> it'll just all go right to hell. <laughs> well, I, I just maybe we can kind of further that a little bit. So, with the whole vegan leather being basically pleather and just rebranding it with, um, you know, this the idea of pandering to a new generation. I also find it interesting that there's so much down with capitalism and down with, you know, big organization oh, merchandise yeah. being made and people purchasing them that seems like the biggest thing is like why are you purchasing items from a corporation that's anti-capitalism like there are anti-capitalism t-shirts being made because it i'm sorry narrative. Been, i'm sorry my very first job was helping jeff williams of biggie stardust print screen uh, screen printed t-shirts for his band the dead kings so my first job was dealing in shirts <laughs> i understand the market for shirts there is not a shirt ever being sold online that is not for profit. Mm-hmm. I can promise you that somewhere down the line, the person selling it may not be making that buck, but someone is making a fucking dollar off your t-shirt that says anti-capitalism. Let that sink into your head. Lars Fredrickson from uh, Rancid had a good quote on it saying that the very like the chair that you sit in the bed you sleep in the clothes you wear they're all branded from a corporation so mm-hmm. so and this isn't me you know going you know pro capitalism you know pro you know the one percent taking yeah. over no that's not what i'm saying in the slightest what i'm saying is if you want to truly get out there and make a difference don't be just sitting there buying a fucking t-shirt because it's kind of reverse of what you really want to do get out and actually make a difference but maybe that's just the thoughts i should have kept to myself <laughs> <laughs> but then he says after that uh it's like if you uh really want to go full on with that just live in the woods and be naked all the time but if you're that way you're a hippie and you should be shot anyway yeah exactly <laughs> and that's and that's why i rather just err on the caution of hey any buck's a good buck if you can make it yep <laughs> So let's go ahead and uh, we hadn't done this in a minute. Let's segue into some music news. Yeah, man. Uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk about um, is going to be so 
We're going to be doing the Down South uh, Festival in Atlanta. Yes. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And in conjunction with that, there's going to be the Down South Spaghetti Incident record coming out. It's going to be a vinyl record pressed on Spaghetti Town Records, and it's going to have a whole bunch of bands on that lineup, like the veterans that have been on the shows year after year after year. Yeah. All of these guys put got like new songs together, and, and they're putting out this uh Record that'll be available by the time that show rolls around from Rambler, Dirty Fences, uh, Sick Babies, um, BBQT, uh, Pine, uh, Fixed Faces, Mama, Trouble Boys, Dino Boys, Ravagers, Criminal Kids. I mean, the list just goes on. I can't wait to get my hands on that. It just kind of flew under the radar, too. It just kind of came out of nowhere when it was announced. And I was like, oh, well, all right. I know, because I remember talking with uh, Ted from uh, Spaghetti Town Records. I remember talking with him, and he was hinting that something like that was going to be coming. So I was like, ooh, that be yeah. interesting. So that's that's going to be pretty cool to see come to fruition. So we'll wind up talking about that as more details come out, along with where you can uh, do a pre-sale and uh, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Speaking of some uh, music news and legendary acts still going out on tour, um, how do you feel about Sticks? I mean, Sticks is just one of those bands that's always going to be ever present where they have a couple of songs that I like, but yeah. for the most part, I'm indifferent. <laughs> I, I really couldn't give two shits about them, and I wouldn't have even brought them up. But I was like, what they do? Uh, okay, we've been talking about who is Kiss going to bring out as their opening band. Yeah. Well, Sticks announced who they're going to be bringing as their opening band on this tour. Sticks announced the Laugh Rock Seriously tour okay. with Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the blue collar men are teaming up with a blue collar comedian for some dates next year. Sticks have sealed up more than half a dozen shows with Larry the Cable Guy for the Laugh Rock Seriously tour. We first ran into Larry the Cable Guy at a conference store in Sarasota, Florida, many moons ago. Oh, of course. Sticks front man Tommy <laughs> Shaw said in a press release. Now we are pairing up for a fun night of music and comedy, something we could all use a big dose of. I'm ready. Are you? Let's do this. <laughs> all right. Now, so I'm just picturing Sarasota, Florida, uh, rocking out to Sticks washing cars and having a Larry of the Cable Kite CD in their truck from 10 years ago. I just, here's my thing is like of all bands, I know it, but it kind of makes sense to me because I grew up in a town where the demographic was people that listened to sticks all the time and grew up watching Larry, the cable guy. So that's so the sticks hit that market. Cause again, I'm very, very green on sticks. I may, I granted, I hadn't really given them a shot, but at the same time, I've never really paid attention to these. Well, it's guys. not like stick. It's not just sticks. It's just the classic rock radio format in general. Yeah. Yeah. Huge yeah, gotcha. in the Southeast region. Oh, and yeah. you know, growing up in that area where I was in that demographic as a teenager, there was a lot of sticks and there was a lot of Jeff Foxworthy, you know, mm. era of John Boy and Billy on oh, no, every no. classic I'm, rock station and everything. Dude, too. I'm right with you. I can quote, I can still quote those early Jeff Foxworthy records uh, verbatim yeah. because I, I was right in that same boat with you living in Gaffney, South Carolina. You know, that was what was played classic rock radio. Fucking Guns and Roses, man. So it sounds odd, but the more I think about it, it makes sense to me for some reason. But yeah, when you don't think stick, Initially, you don't think uh, pseudo progressive pop rock with 
Skinner dude. And, and and that was my thing is like of all bands, like maybe if Leonard Skinner was still doing a thing, take, that's so on the nose too. But it would it would work. <laughs> I've heard him do interviews where he's dropped the accent, where he's just Dan or whatever his real name is. Yeah, it's, it's, you can find him online. He's done a handful of interviews where he just kind of he still has a little bit of a natural Southern accent, probably because it's stuck after right. all these years. <laughs> he's been doing it for a long time. After doing that character for so many years, I think I'd be stuck with a heavier, heavier southern accent than I already do, so I'd sound a little bit closer to Cap. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've noticed that there's like a there's subtle differences everywhere. Like, North Carolina has a very subtle difference from where I grew oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. South Carolina is still very different from here up in North. West Virginia, that's a very noticeable one. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess this is kind of the same everywhere, but I guess it's a little bit more of a, huh, thing to ponder because when everyone mocks a southern accent it's just well get on up in your pickup truck over here we're gonna go down there to the farm we're gonna milk them cattle yeehaw right which is like a very nobody talks like that yeah first off, so it's Yankee like listeners <laughs> <laughs> so it's well that kind of stuff doesn't bother me it's like no. i can't let that bother me because i make fun of northerners all the fucking time use isn't a goddamn word use uh-huh. guys shut the fuck up <laughs> No, I like North Carolina because it's like very like sassy and like. Oh, no, South Carolina is the sassy one. That's the oh, bless your heart. <laughs> what about a damn wolf and all that? Where people, ta- <laughs> people talk like this. That That's more South Carolina Southern gentleman. Like seriously, like okay. the Charleston area. That's the oh, darling. Da, 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 da. That, that's where you're going to find the real Southern gentleman. The really sp- like sassy at it and everything, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. West Virginia is one of my West Virginia is one of my favorites because they they talk like this. He's just making me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Brad, name me if I'm just royally fucking that up. (laughs) And Devin. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we couldn't weasel our our way out of any music news without talking about Kiss. And uh, actually something I'm. Maybe they'll take uh, the guy that does uh, Gene Simmons impressions as their opener. <laughs> Craig Gass. <laughs> Apparently, if that's going to be the trend, you might as well just take fucking take Craig Gass on tour. Or, uh, what's his name? That's Axel fucking crazy. He's kind of Gary Busey-esque. But uh, he, he did that. Um, it's, it's the guy uh, Simon talked about. When he was here, um, that was hanging out with James Hetfield that they ran into. Oh, Jim Brewer. No, Jim, Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer goes on the road with Metallica. Well, I'm saying Jim Brewer might as well do the Kiss tour. That'd be a cool one. Hey, whatever works. Nah, but what I was going to bring up is uh, Paul has a new book coming out. What? Yes. He has a new autobiography called Backstage Pass set uh, to release on April 30th uh, next year. What what's there left to talk about? Well, apparently this is going to be. Uh, well, I'll just go ahead and read the press kit. It says that Kiss frontman Paul Stanley is releasing his autobiography Backstage Pass on April thirtieth, twenty nineteen. This is a follow up to Stanley's best selling autobiography Face the Music: A Life Exposed, released back in fourteen. Uh, best seller Backstage Pass. Okay, uh, this one grants an all access backstage pass to his personal life and shows them how to pursue a royal rock and roll lifestyle of their own offering hard one eh. yeah, what the fuck a royal rock and roll lifestyle of their own offering hard one advice and rules to live by from a rock and roll it's going to be a self help book 
Okay. He's Paul is releasing a self-help book, essentially. In this follow-up to the popular bestseller, uh, the star child takes a deeper look into his personal life and his home to date. Who the fuck wrote this <laughs> I <was> article? Say. <laughs> and his home today life on and on off stage, revealing what he eats, drinks, and does with his family, his friends and family, and learn from a lifelong uh, team of just being Paul part of Stanley. Kids. Fire your press guy. That is terrible. This, this is horribly written. I don't know if it's just the website. I won't. I don't feel like trashing the website, but no, this is horribly written. Yeah, from from what I've gathered. Sorry, guys. I should have pre-read this bullshit. Yeah, essentially, he's releasing a self-help book. Okay. I want the audio book of that. I want to hear Paul Stanley telling me how much I can do it, how much I can climb to the climb to the highest mountain. He already gave us his self help, all the self help advice anybody needs in decline of Western civilization. Where he's ah. <laughs> what do you think about kids that want to try to make it? The only people that are ever going to tell you you can't accomplish something are the ones who fail. I'm not here to tell you you can't do something because I did it. You can do it. I have books of anecdotes. From yeah. like people in bands and stuff, and those are always fun. But the if you read Paul Stanley's last book, it's a crash course in somebody with a huge complex. Oh yeah, of just what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, just an inferiority complex where there just like go. the entire where it, from day one it was just like fuck you, I'm gonna do this, and me, 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 but I still hate everything, and like till the end of the book, he was still having that complex and feeding off of it and everything yeah. too. And the thing is, it's like he, it was all emotions. I think everyone could kind of relate on. There, there was a lot of things I was reading in that, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm with oh, yeah. you, From yeah, I'm with you. Especially in those early days, talking about like the struggles and stuff. And we are, of course, nowhere near all of that, but just like similar emotions of feeling like you know nothing's mattering or you know none of this is you know doing anything. You know, everyone kind of feels through that. So it's like exactly, especially if you're a creative, for sure, and. You know, even when things were kind of on the up and up, he's still feeling like that. So that was a really interesting look, especially as it's you a know, fascinating book, especially if something ever pops with us one day, whether it be this show or the band or anything. It's kind of an interesting thing to read going like, OK, well, you know, if shit, you know, does go good, you know, that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean everything goes good for you personally. I mean, so as, it's still as good to read as much as we should on Paul Stanley. I highly recommend the book. The book is really good. It's probably one of the best out of their, all of their individual books. Just because it's uh, the only time you're ever going to hear directly from Paul Stanley yeah. about anything. And, and Paul has turned into and kind of really a whiny Jewish grandmother at this point. <laughs> but, I mean, the book is still good. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I don't I don't know how I really feel about him releasing a second book. Kind of like what you were saying. It feels like everything that needed to be said was said in that first one. Right, and I doubt he's going to have the sense of humor to put out a good book of you know advice like like i was saying i have anecdotes from people like zach wild and right. scott ian and uh, duff mckagan and those are legit fun because they're just you know other than being you know the big and bad rock stars they are on stage they seem pretty down to earth as individuals oh yeah so that's just real and stuff like that's just really fun to dig into especially when they talk about nerding out in front of you know their heroes and stuff like that too right. it's just always fun to read no and and, and of course they they it's not a fucking twelve thousand dollar fire sword so you know they've got my money i'll wind up getting it and see that's the thing kind of like what we were talking about when clayton was here a book is something that 
the fans are actually going to be interested in. Even yeah. if even if I'm not like jumping the gun to get this, I'm not going to get it the day it's released. But it's like one day if I've got a couple extra dollars and I'm out shopping with the intention of just maybe picking up a little something. If I run across that book, I'm probably going to get it. You know, that's something I would like to have just eventually get. It'll be an interesting read. For sure. So I maybe they just need to focus on doing just stuff little like things that. like that where we can you know take a look at the minds that made some of the be- our favorite music and things like that too as opposed to just all the gimmicky stuff yeah and, and i don't know it's it's i kind of had this discussion even last night um at a uh, williams place thinking about the whole kiss thing the one thing that really has annoyed me is so for the longest time, people would always discredit Kiss saying, oh, they're just that band with the bombs and the makeup and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Well, the comeback was always, well, they're always they're more than that. You take away the bombs, you take away the makeup, they would still be a good band, which when they weren't writing new material, they still were a good band. The music was still there. The 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 makeup and the bombs and the spectacle highlighted the good music you, that was already there. You got the impression, or at least even in the early days, they wanted to make the music as much, as, as good as the show. Yeah, and it was the music came first, 100%. And the thing that's kind of annoyed me is those people that grew up having to defend the right to the fact that they like Kiss are mm-hmm. the same guys going I don't care that Paul Stanley is lip syncing on this upcoming tour. They want to go for the fireworks. And that is what just baffles my mind. It's like, okay sure, I am in my mid-twenties. I wasn't around for the heyday. So I don't have too much to I don't have too much right to bitch about whatever Kiss does. Fine, they don't owe me anything. Whatever. I, I frankly don't care, you know? But at the end of the day, the people that actually did have to fight for that right to be a Kiss fan and to wear it proudly, it feels like they're cheaping out and rolling over on it now. It's like, no, oh, yeah. the, the band that you had to fight so hard to be a fan of it's not giving you the best show. They are not going out on top. And it's and it just it really saddens me to see these diehard KISS fans just kind of rolling over and going, Well, who cares? Well, who cares? We if you don't care, I do. You know, I'm I wasn't around. God damn it. St- fuck me if I want to see a real KISS live show before they do call it quits and not have lip sync Paul Stanley and fake, you know, Ace and Peter. And Which I can get over that quicker than I can the Paul Stanley lip sync. It's like Paul and Gene are totally fine with being the novelty act that they've it's become. It's the Vegas show now. It is. It's like Kiss is now the spectacle show. And, and that's the what I was getting from so many people at the party going, well, and it's hard to argue it, especially when they go, well, I want my daughter to see the bombs explode one last time. I'm, it's like, I get that and I understand that. And I can never say that's a bad thing but at the same time kiss was never meant to be the family band they were they rejected against that when it started happening on the dynasty era but then in the reunion era they're like oh no bring everyone back bring your whole family it, it exactly it's like it it was over for me when as far as like me taking kiss live shows that seriously anymore when i heard a story this is how long ago this was where yeah. Conda, where condoleezza rice was going to go to her first Kiss show, and that was the story. Like, Condoleezza oh, wow. Rice is going, I don't know any Kiss songs, but 
oh, the show is going to be cool because I've heard about all the explosions and everything, too. It's just like they want they want those people to come in that know nothing about kiss and mm-hmm. watch the fireworks and and something that uh Jeff was saying last night which is a lot of bands ignore this but I agree with him which is those larger legacy bands when they go on tour they cater to the fairweather fans oh, and sure. throw a few nods to the diehards fuck that Give the diehards the shows and make the fucking normies wait in line and li- and have to sit through the fucking, you know, couple uh, deep cuts or whatever. It's like, fuck them. They're, they haven't. They're, they're, yes, everyone's dollar counts. But at the same time, the, if you know diehards are there, throw them a bone and give them a little something deep cut. But you can, for the sake of argument, though, the ones that are fair weather fans that hear all the radio songs are the ones that are going to spend the money though. At the same time, are they, There's, it's, it feels like the diehards are going to spend the most money. It feels like, uh, if they catered these shows for you, me, Williams, Clayton, Winsel, Eddie Ford, all these b- people that truly love kiss. If they, I feel as if they catered those shows more to us we would be spending more money at those shows than the co-worker at your office job that goes, oh, they're that band that sticks out their tongue and sings rock and roll all night. Yeah, I'll go see them. But what if But what if you tell your co-worker or if somebody tells a co-worker, oh, Kiss isn't going to play rock and roll all night. They're oh, of they're course not going to play. But, but see, that's the thing, though. They're of course going to play rock and roll all night. I'm saying cut out some of the other bullshit they've played over and over and over, like dead serious. Is that fan that you're talking about, they're going to miss Black Diamond? No, but what I'm saying is they're going to go, like, the people that are going to pack, you know, arenas and stuff like that, the Fairweather fans uh, that listen to cl- the classic rock radio audience outweighs the diehards in certain communities and towns okay, and well, stuff like okay. that, too. All right, well, on that front, Kiss never actually had radio hits. They have right. Shout It Out Loud, Detroit Rock City, Rock and Roll All Night, and Beth. Right. And occasionally New York Groove. But the classic rock radio audience is going to go for those songs. Exactly. How many did I count there? Four and then tacked on five at the end. They play a 20-song set list. They've been holding on to the same 15 to 17 songs for years. Your your radio audience is still going to get the songs they want. I was thinking of like across the board with like all your classic rock arena artists and stuff no, I'm like talking that. No, I'm talking Kiss specifically. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, and on that front, but, I agree with you for sure. But then I'll flip your script on you. Okay. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, I think, well, with the logic you, that you present with Kiss, I put Alice Cooper in that box, too, because he only has four or five radio hits mm-hmm. and but a couple of songs is, from movies that people know and stuff like but that. But what does he do with the set list? Oh, he, he he caters to the diehards and the Fairweathers and the people that have seen Wayne's World. Exactly. His set list is a lot more He does inclusive. it right. Exactly. But Kiss still holds on to the exact same set list year after year after year. And then when they want to go, ooh, we're going to do a deep cut, it winds up being like room service. Yeah. And it's like, yes, that is a deep cut. But at the same time, it's like, come on, y'all. Is that the only thing you're going to do is just throw in room service? Then you're supposed to satisfy your diehards with that? It's like, no. Throw in, give us, give Gene some songs because Paul can't sing worth a damn anymore. I'll hear, it's like, hey, the deep cut, 
is Plaster Caster, I'm on board. <laughs> hey, and that would be awesome. And there's a song for Gene, and Paul can fucking rest his um, mime face. <laughs> anyway, we'll get off Kiss because at some point I want to have uh, I want to have a full Kiss episode. So we're, we might as well just hold off. On oh all yeah, that. we're, we're going to tune out all the female listeners. <laughs> yep, every every, every uh, non-Kiss fan is going to be like, nope, screw uh, this, screw this guy. Nah, with with it being kind of a laid back episode, that's kind of about everything I have. Well, Ace but. is going uh, back on the road next year since it is pretty much confirmed at oh, this yeah, point that he's not that. involved with the tour at all. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think any past members really going to be involved with the tour. If anything, someone will be involved with a show or two in their area. It'll be like Bruce Kulick and wherever he lives or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or if anything, uh, like what uh, Jeff was asking about where they're going to have the final show. If anything, for that final show. That'll they, be the one time Ace comes out. Yeah, Ace might come out. Bruce will come out. You know, anyone that's... And it would be so cool if they threw Peter a bone and let him come out to the tape of Beth. Yeah, don't he doesn't have to get on drum kid. Exactly. Just throw him a bone. Let him he doesn't have to be part of the rest of the set at all. Just let him sing. Yeah. Just let him walk out there with his stool. Let him pass out his roses. Sing Beth. And then maybe let him have a minute or two afterward, you know, just to thank the audience for everything. And then let and then have the rest of the members come out and that's like the photo op where they take the bows and they share maybe a quick story or something. Be like what they did on Unplug where they do uh nothing nothing to lose and well but sings on that one too yeah and exactly got a drum kit well yeah we can even figure something out they could figure something for pete on that but but i think that would actually be kind of like their press guys or something actually let's kind of fall down that rabbit hole some so on that final show i think that would be really cool have uh say black diamond you know do like the big you know boom and it's all gone you know crowds still swelling going crazy and then all of a sudden that opening piano with the guitar kicks in crowd goes nuts because they see peter come out he sings the song you know yells out his typical god bless you gives and, everybody you know, a breather well well after he does that though he kind of stands up and he goes seriously i want to thank you guys for all the years of support this band right here and about that time that's when everyone can start coming out there you and, go. and then he kind of opens up the floor and they can kind of give like a quick little on stage banter it could be pre-written it could be pre-rehearsed whatever fucking book, Paul. <laughs> but they they can at least fake out some quick little moment of the original four on stage chit-chatting and having some fun for the final kiss show they, yeah. they need to have something like that i feel just think you hear that paul you hear that gene yeah you hear Hire that motherfuckers be, yeah we got do this. We'll be shit. your managers. We'll do it. We'll do it for a vault, and Stop. then let us review it. <laughs> That'd be, oh, we we could spend a whole year on that. Oh god, all of the content. Someone send us a vault. We'll give you an un unvarnished uh, opinion on it. <laughs> we'll sell the podcast, Gene. It's all good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ace going back out on the road with who we mentioned earlier, yeah, Alice Cooper. And that's going to be cool as hell. Or at least that's the rumors going around. I don't yeah. think I've seen anything official on it, but that, that seems to be what's rumbling. And typically those rumbles wind up being correct. And I heard him talk about it on Eddie Trunk's show too. And mm. 
That's one of those deals where it's like, oh, if he's telling Eddie, then it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not and and I'll I'll plop down money for that one. That would be a fun one, especially since I would be more excited for that tour than the Kiss tour. Absolutely, especially with uh, I think this weekend he's doing the 40th anniversary uh, set of his solo album, the first one, 78. Yeah, and uh, I listened to a few Kiss podcasts. Uh, shout out Three Sides of the Coin and Podcast, and uh, they've been talking about uh, that show coming up, and I've heard a few interviews with the uh, members of the G and ace band yeah and those guys are just such like down-to-earth cool guys and getting to hear like him talk and everything so the interesting thing is so with the gene solo shows god we're just going more kiss talk jesus christ i know what <laughs> <laughs> with the gene shows um that band had a lot of input on you know hey gene why don't we play this why don't we play this all that cool stuff that they were playing on that kiss cruise when they were aces band by then apparently that was all aces idea well, all right. Because they were taking credit going, you know, they were like, yeah, we'll take credit for, you know, kind of kicking Gene into gear and, you know, getting him to do this, that and the other. He goes with Ace. He was kind of coming to us going, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do this. And we just kind of started rolling with it. And they're a tight band, too. And God, if, they're great. And if they're and if the 78 solo album is going to be fresh on everybody's mind, I hope that that's what they go into when they do this Alice Cooper tour. Like, I know he does speeding back to my baby on a consistent basis, which is yeah. my favorite song on the solo record, which is. If they played that, that'd be worth it anyway. But if he's doing like Snowblind and Rip It Out and stuff like that too, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, that. Ooh. that would... Or if Ace came out and did a couple of jams with Alice during his set too. Ooh, yeah, that would be really cool. That would definitely be cool. Well, actually, uh, since the show is called Something Good For You, we've been telling people for a long time now, throw that hashtag on your Instagram and Facebook posts, and we're going to take a look at them. So why don't we do a quick little hashtag check? Hashtag check! Hashtag check! Ow! Uh, first up, uh, we've got the War Boys. They've been hard at work recording, and uh, actually they're saying as of, well, when we're recording this, uh, basically yesterday, they were, John had been cutting new rhythm guitar tracks for two new songs, Old Broadman Hymnal and Make Me Vulgar. Right on. I, 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 I'm digging on just those titles anyway. So the War Boys have some new music coming out for us. And surprisingly, um, the the man himself did not promote this when he was here. But Annie Scene still has Black Friday bundle specials going on. Yes, indeed. If you just go to their website, AniScene.com, you can get some LP bundles and some merch bundles and all that good shit. Uh, like an LP bundle that includes uh, the Honor Among Thieves, uh, EP Royalty Expanded live in Texas, a Nothing Cools koozie and sticker for forty bucks, uh, and then you've got uh, the red bundle which is fifty, and it comes with a red T-shirt. Uh, the blue bundle which comes with a blue T-shirt uh, and the um, Destructo Maximus book. Everything can be found on the website, and then you've got the Destructo Motherload bundle, Hell which yeah. basically just comes with one of everything they've done recently. And a couple records. <laughs> so definitely go to antiscene.com and check out those merch bundles. Because if you're an antiscene fan and you've been a little slack lately, <laughs> this is a good way to kind of catch ca up on everybody. Catch up, catch up, and get your collection kickstarted again. And who knows? That'd be a perfect gift for any little Destructo family member. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about a band that does their merchandise right to their fan base? It's it's those guys, anti scene for sure. Oh yeah, and it's because it just stems from that conversation we had of you know just know your audience. Yeah, you know he he knows his audience. He knows his audience wants vinyl. He knows his audience wants cool little trinkets that say anti scene, and that's exactly what he provides. 
that's all I'd want to get too, or like, or if we wanted to put out more stuff like that too, it's more along those lines and things oh, yeah. like that too. Just, just well, see, that's cooler. also my thing is like, uh, I'll wind up seeing something Jeff does, and I'm like, shit. Can't do, I can't do that. I don't want to copy him. I want to do our own shit. I know it. He just does all of the things, too. And one other thing I want to bring up. I've been digging on these a lot lately. I brought these up. This is the snack in a bag. Oh, we always got to talk about food on the show, too. We always got to talk about food on the show. <laughs> uh, who remembers? Let's let's hit in that internet uh, time machine and travel back to... Oh, Lord, the nostalgia crowd. Here nostalgia. We go. Let's go back to maybe about five or six years. Who remembers Epic Meal Time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were a thing, and apparently, and they're still a thing. Uh, and I don't say it that ironically. I'm not, I'm oh, not okay. ragging on them uh, because I've, I've never stopped watching them. I actually really like those guys. Uh, but they've kind of started venturing out and not really doing as much internet like crazy you know we're gonna make this ginormous blah 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 they've actually been making their own food they went now. to a, a few doctors and they're like you gotta quit this <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> they've been creating their own food under the brand super snack time apparently there was some legal issue with the name epic meal time interesting but okay. under the name super snack time they've been releasing new snack products and one of them huh. is this uh pepperoni jerky and essentially Essentially what it is is just regular pepperoni, uh, jerky-fied, and they've got three different flavors. Uh, Interesting. Original pizza. This is a Supreme, which is my favorite. Oh, and, I, get, um, I get a taste test, y'all. And uh, and then they've also got like. a buffalo that I've not been able to uh, find yet. And you can only find them at Walmart. They're usually on those end caps like with the uh, where the checkout is and all those yeah. extra jerkies. You can usually find them there. And that's really the only place we've been able to find them. They've also got uh, bacon in a bottle, which is like a bacon season. Um, they've got macaroni in a box, which can be found in the frozen food section. And then they've also got biscuit in a box, which is like a dry biscuit uh, flour mix. It's pretty good, too, though. What was that? Uh, pizza jerky? Pepperoni jerky? Yeah. All, um, all their jerkies, it's called pizza in a bag, and it's like a pizza pepperoni jerky. And they've got an original. This is a Supreme one you tried. And well, then they've right also on, got man. a buffalo, buffalo one. Shout out to Super Snack Time, Epic Meal Time, whatever they can legally be referred to as. <laughs> so I think this is actually pretty good. And the reason I have to have some appreciation for it is because of our hate energy. Yeah. We're already in the food game some. So... Branding, man. I was wanting to kind of think about that. What other brands do, are we aware of that could actually get away and do food items? And what would right. work? Let's think. What 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 Misfits food item could there be? <laughs> Some uh, pumpkin spice <laughs> something. I don't know. <laughs> pumpkin spice. Do Some Doyle uh, protein well, actually, shake well, stuff. Shit, hold on. Doyle has a hot sauce. That's right. A lot of people have hot sauce. I think Doyle does. I know Joe Perry does. I know Michael Anthony from Van Halen does. Does he? Yeah. I know um, uh, what's his head from uh, The Offspring. He has his own hot sauce. Yeah, it seems to be one of the more common uh, ventures mm -hmm. in branding that a lot of people do. Hell, we saw uh, earlier, we saw Motorhead doing rum. Yeah, yeah. I, I how do you feel about that one? You're, I mean, you're the bigger Motorhead guy. I mean, it just makes sense for them because when you think of Motor, when you think of Lemmy in particular, you think of booze and cigarettes and mm -hmm. strippers and stuff like that. But I guess they don't have the funds to do 
to be Jack Daniels or anything like that. So they're venturing, I guess the uh, state's venturing out into whatever they can uh, liquor-wise, and it's just something different. They've done wine before. It also feels like people abandoned calling the rum and coke a lemmy. Oh, yeah, that died out quick. <laughs> like that Within sucked. days. <laughs> I was hoping that was going to stick around. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of bartenders were, were just like, what is that? <laughs> Who's a lemmy? Right. <laughs> Even though the mainstream reaction to lemon dying was a lot more broad than was, I expected it, it would be. It was a lot more broad than I thought it was being. Which was kind of cool. And the the boost that Jack Daniels got as a result for a few days was kind of cool to watch, too. It's like, oh, wow, he, he had a bigger impact than I expected, really, with yeah. mainstream culture. It was pretty wild. I'll tell you something else. Um <clears throat> That it didn't really surprise me, but it was still one of those like wow, which was David Bowie, yeah, seeing like some of like the citywide like you know gatherings and stuff like that. I was like, holy shit, like that was pretty nutty. Bowie Prince was pretty nuts too, as far as like all the, tr- uh-huh. the little tributes. Like here in Charlotte, they have uh, what is it, the Duke Energy Building that has yep. all the lights on it and everything. Mm-hmm. They made that purple the day Prince died. Yeah, and, and see, and that's the thing too is you want to talk about diehards. Prince has uh, the Fairweather fans and people that would die for Prince. <laughs> so I'm more of a casual Prince fan and everything, exactly. too. Exactly, and so am I. But I have people that would die for <laughs> Prince. He's got so much music, and he's got, and you had to go out and buy all of it for, for the longest time. Oh, yeah. Which just t- ties back to the whole thing. If he didn't get it, Spotify and streaming is the new jukebox. He was one of those people that was like, "You're not gonna listen to my stuff streaming." It's like, fine, I didn't listen. Oh, to he was f- he was one of those guys that was just artist 100 percent first. Also, where is the line on that? Good question. I think Prince is an extreme example. Where where of that. is the where is the line of because I've thought about that because everyone wants to talk about okay you do it for yourself you're not doing it for you know anyone else but at the same time when you reach a certain level of celebrity or popularity you owe it to the fan base that got you there. So where is the line of pandering to your audience and doing it for yourself? Right. What keeps you from Wanting to preserve your legacy so hard that you change your name to a symbol just so your record company can't touch you. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, I, I, what keeps you from doing that? <laughs> wait, well, I, I don't know. I guess I've been thinking just a whole lot on the, you know, just people against streaming music thing. It's just like, I really don't... I mean... Being a band that's also in that boat, people don't buy our records. Most no. everyone that listens to our stuff streams it, and we don't get a lot from that. But you don't see me bitching about it. I'm glad that people listen to our shit. Yeah, I don't care about getting a fucking penny every time you listen to it. As long as you're listening to it, that makes me happy because I know that we created something that other people like. And newsflash: a lot of bands that are out touring right now are in the same boat. Yeah, and, and, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, do it for yourself, well, isn't the original reason you're doing it for yourself is to find that connection with a bigger audience and being like, let's see if my voice resonates with other people? Exactly. You start it for yourself first, but if you find out it's good, you want to share it. Exactly. So, I don't know. I, I don't. I just don't get 
people being so tight lipped and, you know, tight handed on, you know, what they consider their art is like, you know, if, if you're truly doing it for yourself, don't even put it out there to start with. Right. Because there's been plenty of things I've done for myself that's never going to be fill ins or something good for you or, you know, any sort of, you know, extra thing. It's like stuff I've just done for myself and it's just been it. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about how they put a lot, a lot of work on like uh, something creative they did. I forget exactly what it was, but when it was done, they just set it on fire with the intent of, oh, I just created something, you know, beautiful just to destroy it. And, I, and you see that every now and then with like a lot of artsy fartsy types and stuff like that. If you want to call it that, that's just yeah. my mindset on it. And I don't under, because I don't understand that. Well, I don't know. Maybe that um, I've done stuff similar. I've wound up filling up basically a diary notebook. I basically filled up one just with just notes and, you know, just thoughts. This was years before I met you even. Right. But just like filled it up and then just kind of did the same thing. I just walked into the backyard and just uh, set it in the concrete next to the trash can, set it on fire. And when it was lit up enough, I just set, uh, dumped it out and put it in the trash. Maybe this will get me more points on Tinder if I start doing stuff like that. <laughs> so you're so artsy fartsy. You're just like, I carry a diary with me and I share my deepest I'm super thoughts creative you. and sensitive Talana, whatever your name is. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get off music a little bit because the longer we're on music, we're going to wind up talking about Kiss again. <laughs> this is something good for you, podcast, not the Kiss Cast. Um, let's, let's revert it back to earlier in Kiss the episode. Kiss Cast with a K. <laughs> oh, no. Now, now we're just asking for trouble. Let's bring it back to uh, earlier with your Tinder game. So. Let, let's let's go ahead and start up this lore a little bit, since I really want this to be something ongoing. So, uh, weird names aside, what is your Tinder game? So, you, so we we've already gone over your swiping technique, <laughs> which is just swipe 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 too much uh, enough to where I just get off. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, your your swipe game is just if Pew! if if anyone agrees with me, <laughs> it's just all tens right now. Just <laughs> so. So you make a match with a girl maybe doing the same thing or, you know, hey, maybe she actually looked at your profile and she's like, oh, this, this scrawny pasty dude is actually pretty <laughs> awesome, which, I, hey, I'm, I can't say shit. I'm scrawny and pasty, too. We, I'm just pointing we, out the obvious. Like, exactly. We all have our uh, physical I, I, ailments that we're not that we don't like. <laughs> I just embrace we just embrace ours. This is the way God made me. <laughs> don't so, skinny shame me <laughs> don't body shame us just because we're beautiful <laughs> so you know girl even looks at your profile and she's like yo i'm gonna hit this guy up so say you get the typical hey where do you go from there well what, what's what's your game well my well nine times out of ten you got to make the first move anyway you're one of those guys i mean that's just how it is with like nobody's Guys like the girls don't say hi to me first. <laughs> Not with my body type. <laughs> right. So why don't you say hey if girls don't say hey to you first? I just or if you're literally sitting here going if girls don't say hey to you first because of whatever reason, why well, don't you make the first move? Well, that's the hardest part too because I hate texting too, if, especially with fucking strangers. How do you break the ice successfully over text with a complete stranger? That's always the hard part. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree there. Um. I would say, well, 
depending on how detailed her profile is. Right, especially if it's like vague bullshit. Like, I like to live life to the fullest. Because I see a lot of those, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, all right, I'll give... I'll give uh, Morgan an example. I actually met her through Tinder. So, oh, that's right. So on her profile, she said she liked Always Sunny. Okay. And I liked Always Sunny. There you so go. So I threw a random quote at her. I was like, um, what's your spaghetti policy here? Oh. So it was like, boom. See, that, that just writes itself, too. That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> well, but it, but it worked. There you it go. was still an in. It, it, what, but what that showed was... I'm not immediately hopping in your inbox to get some quick puss because I wasn't. No. And it also shows I read your profile. That means I wasn't just swiping in as soon as I got a, a, a match. I went, hi. You know, no, that shows exactly. I went to your profile and I checked you out and I actually read up about you before I sent you a message. Oh, no. You don't go in and just like raw dogging it like, oh, hey, you want to meet up? <laughs> You don't do it like that. First message, hey, girl, you want fuck? <laughs> Which is why I'm asking you, what is your game then? I mean, if somebody has detailed information on their profile, then I respond to that information to attempt to break the ice. Well, what, what's the past few been like? Uh, so, location. Most of the time it's location. It's because they're always like, I'm from such and such. Moved to Charlotte. Look okay, at I'm not people. asking about their profiles. I'm asking what have been the past few matches been like game-wise? What are you doing? I'll just... Just uh, commenting on uh, location and stuff and building from there. It's only been a couple. It's only been a couple of matches because I swipe on tens because whatever. I it's, it's a great time killer for when you're taking a shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> something to tell the kids one day. I met your mama one day while taking a yes. shit. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. <laughs> this is how you get married in 2018, folks. <laughs> No, I mean it's just I'm just now starting over, starting over with this this dating bullshit again. Yeah. So this will be a further on thing, and I'm just kind of just having fun with it right now. Nothing serious is happening. I'm actually meeting more people, doing the open mic thing more than anything. <laughs> Sitting there playing some old country tunes. Oh, hey, it. They say hi. <laughs> They're the ones that say hi first afterwards. It's the truth. So, ladies, if, if you're wanting to get some of those um, sweet nothings in your ear on a, <laughs> on a typical Saturday night, uh, you're going to have to say hey to this guy first. He is not going to say hi I'm to a, you. I'm a busy man. I got a podcast. I got a he band. He has an ego now. I got a four-hour-a-week four job. <laughs> but no time at all to say hi to you if, uh, if he's sitting there saying nothing at the bar. <laughs> I mean, last 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 time that happened, I got crushed too. So <laughs> yeah, it's called life. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you can't let that completely stop. Oh you. no, no, no! I'm just taking the piss, really, more than anything. <laughs> what are you British now? Just it's just fun. <laughs> taking a piss is just a fun thing to say. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things where I've just gotten my con- my uh, confidence enough to start it over again because yeah. I think I hit it. Well, really, more in the pa- in the past six months or so, where I was just isolating myself more than anything. You know how a serious breakup is, oh, or yeah. whatever. There's a lot of isolation going on, and now I'm out of that, so I'm just now starting over again too. So maybe this will be a fun set- segment on the podcast going forward. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, you said you had a couple things kind of backlog. Do you have anything else for us in the back of your head? I mean, not really. It's been a really slow week. I'm real excited about 
Down South Showdown and yeah. all that good stuff. This is going to be a real fun one. And last week we had the Christmas episode come out. Yeah. So I hope all of you guys have been enjoying that one. And we actually didn't mention it at the top of the show. Um, we just basically just got it rolling. You do, you guys don't know our recording schedule. <laughs> well, we've kind of gotten this just rolling. We've got our phone number set up where you can leave us a voicemail, call in. If you got something good for us, you can leave it that way. If you got something you want to bitch at us about, you can leave it that way. <laughs> Nothing good for you. Nothing good for us. And if you want to <laughs> do any of that good stuff, you can leave us at that voicemail at 513 SGFY7439, a.k.a. that is 513-463-7439. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and like I said, make it on the show. If you just got some questions or comments or anything for us, just I think that's going to be a fun little segment. And depending on who calls in and the ideas we have, you know, the show's just going to keep growing and continuing on from there. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. That was a nice little ad read. <laughs> I want an ad read. That's just to get some folks oh, interested. It. No, it's just one thing I've noticed over like the over the course of doing the show and everything. It's like how well you've adapted to just being an audio uh, personality, like managing your voice and everything too. It's like you haven't done any radio or anything like that leading up to this, have you? No, but I've I've done different video stuff. Um, for the past few years, uh, through my work, I've been doing those review videos. Okay. So you know, a couple times a week, I'm having to you know already pre-plan in my head a script of saying you know oh this is uh, this that and the other and blah 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 and blah. So I've kind of had to do that and. I don't know, I guess just because I've been such a fan of podcasts and doing that sort of thing, and I've always enjoyed the concept of radio, I think just in my head, I already kind of had it mentally planned out on how I wanted to sound anyway. What ticks to watch for as you talk and stuff like that. And especially and after the first few episodes came out, I'm like, okay, I need to quit doing this. Definitely quit doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am too. And there, there's still things I'm working through, and, and this whole process has just been crazy because... We're still figuring out our audio issues. Every episode, I never know if it's going to be a good one or a bad one until I get it plugged into the computer. It gets better every time, though, man. It is. So it's, I, I don't know what I'm doing different each time. I don't know if it's just our setups each time. But slowly, if you, if you guys just stick with us, things will slowly be getting a little better on the audio front. We're getting it figured out. No, and, it, go. and it just goes to show too that doing something like this is just so easy. That if you're if you want to do this, fucking do it. It's just so it it's really fun. Is. It's maybe a few hundred dollars to get decent equipment set up for it. Yeah, and this is as punk rock as anything right now. Because and I mean, if you guys go and listen to those first couple episodes, we weren't even using any of that equipment. We were using our phones. Yeah, those first few episodes were recorded on our phones, so it's like that was just literally what we had in our back pockets or our front pockets. <laughs> already so <laughs> and it didn't cost it doesn't cost a lot of money to get it streaming or anything either no and, and especially being paired up with the uh cult of dave network those guys just put in a lot of hard work just uh keeping the network and up and running shout, so and shout out to cult of dave network but if you want to do it yourself also if you before you get to a network yeah that's it's just as attainable as well too and uh speaking from somebody that loves this format and try to do something with it for a while. This is just something like that's very rewarding. So now I'm able to do something that I've been wanting to do for a long time too, and help build my skill set in this as well too. Cause there's still things that I hear myself do that I have to just cut out and everything too. And part yeah. of it is the way I talk and going back to accents. That was one thing I would always, whenever I would do uh, college radio, I'd listen back and 
think to myself, okay, I got to tone down the accent. <laughs> so far, it's still not working. <laughs> well, see, that, so your your problem is you feel with your accent. My problem is with the laughing. I feel that I ever. I feel like. There are times where every sentence I say ends with me going, huh? Yeah. And it's like, I know what you're talking about. It's not like it's a bad thing, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's one of the things I've been trying to work on. And it's just part of, I want to say part of my personality. That's not a personality trait, but I think that's just what happens when I'm just talking and it feels like everyone it feels like i start doing that when people are wanting to laugh but they're not wanting like they're not laughing and because I, then I need to break that, that seal of yeah. like here i'll laugh so everyone can kind of join in kind of thing and see it, it's funny right <laughs> and, it, and it winds up working it weren't not even working but i think that's just kind of part of like that back in the back of my head thing going you know i'll break the seal for them so they can start laughing yeah this is your laugh cue audience <laughs> <laughs> so no so just kind of doing this it's been, it's been a really interesting kind of progression and this has just been a weird episode we have hopped around so many different topics no it's just i think about this kind of stuff all the time with uh all the creative outlets that i have stumbled my way into it feels like it's just they just kind of happen as i go along whether it's playing in a badass rock band or doing a podcast or getting out and singing in front of people or uh working in the studio and stuff like that too just Big old dick sucking contest <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, my Tinder game. Well, we're not going to do our um, end of the year thing. We want to save that for a little bit later on. But um, with that in mind, because with this year getting the cassette tape released, yeah, starting up the podcast, and essentially doing Hate Energy this year, it's been one year now. So theoretically, yeah. essentially within the same year. So three pretty interesting things on our front. For the next year, what do you want to do then? Even whether whether it be something personal or the band. Well, I would love, obviously, to see more opportunities for the fill-ins and go across, get more opportunities in different territories and markets and see how that goes, depending on the... I mean, but, that can only come with time. Exactly. But if I wanted... But for, say, anything outside like goals, of what we... Because, say, because a lot of those were goals. A goal was to do an energy drink. A goal was to release a cassette tape. A goal was to re- do a podcast. I always set very short goals, like reasonable goals right. for, like, band stuff. Like, uh, two years ago, it was like, okay, let's play a radius of four or five states. We wound up doing more. Yeah. Uh, last year was, I mean, there was so much, go- or this year, or this year was so much was going on anyway that my goals were like reasonable, like all right, as to something as simple as, all right, let's hang on to this version of the band to keep us from drowning. But in, yeah. in doing so, we got a lot more opportunities as results mm-hmm. and podcast wasn't even that goal, but much of a goal, like in my head until like I decided to do it within a month of getting it set up. Yeah. So this year was just, just kind of weird on all fronts as far as like my mindset. Um, I guess next year, as far as personal goals, maybe uh production on an, on an album or not, maybe not even an album, maybe an EP or a single mm-hmm. that's self-produced by me. All right. Like something that I, w- I want to produce a record or a release of some kind work with Steve. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Something maybe outside the fill-ins or myself, but or help uh, be or be more involved with whatever we put out next year. Something hey. along those lines. Word. No, I think that's pretty cool. Now the one thing I always set my eyes on every year 
and then throughout the year, I have to kind of slowly chip away at the idea. But damn it, I want to release some vinyl. Yeah, that's always the goal. <laughs> that's always the goal. I want to release some damn vinyl. I have an idea. I have so many. I have everything except the money. <laughs> so uh, if anyone wants to advertise on the Something Good For You podcast, yes. <laughs> your money will help go into our record pressing fund, ladies and gentlemen. We'll no, put uh, me undies labels on uh, <laughs> <laughs> the release. Uh, we'll start hounding me undies. Um, what What are some of the other uh, stamps dot com? Stamp, uh, uh, Nature Box. Nature Box. If they're even still a thing, are they still even a thing? I, I hadn't heard Tell Steve they talk about it for a minute, and there were the only people that ever talked about it. Bill Burr voice. Sherry's berries. <laughs> That's Valentine's Day. There you go, Valentine's hey, Day. Yeah, yeah. Let's figure That's out coming up. We'll figure out a Sherry. We'll figure out Sherry's berries here soon. <laughs> I know none of my friends have done that shit, so I'll be like, "Look here, motherfuckers! It supports the podcast. It supports us doing vinyl. <laughs> my freedom smokes. Nah. <laughs> oh man, so." figured this was a nice little at-home episode, uh, new extra guest, just us kind of hanging out, and might as well round Patting off Patting ourselves on the back and yeah, stuff. Pat- <laughs> this has been a very narcissistic episode in hindsight. We'll have to listen back to it, see if there was any good I'm thing. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and round off this chill episode by digging into our Spotify playlists and figuring out. What the fuck have we been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. <laughs> Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain, what the hell you been listening to this week? Well, we mentioned them at the top of the show with the uh, Spaghetti Town release. This is... One of the artists that is on Spaghetti Town's roster, Criminal Kids. Their uh, self-titled EP came out, uh, I guess it was around summertime, and it's been consistently in all my playlists and just me wanting to play it and kill it all the way through on a consistent basis because it's only six songs. The songs are two and a half minutes, so it's kind <laughs> of perfect as nice. far as like just rock, just, as far as just good dirty rock and roll kind of stuff. They're based out of Chicago and there's a lot and everybody that plays in the band is a killer musician and the vocals are pretty, you know, punk rock harsh yeah. with an attitude. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of cool too. And uh yeah, definitely it might be a contender for my top 5 this year for sure. Oh shit. Yeah, and uh Night and Outcast are my favorite tracks on that one, so definitely check out the Criminal Kids EP on shit Spaghetti yeah. Town. I hope we're, I hope we're, uh, cause we should be playing with them. We all, uh, they're definitely going to be on Down South Showdown this year too. I hope we're playing the same night. That would be killer. Yes. Well, this week I've been listening to Alice Cooper, Dirty Diamonds. Nice. Uh, that was one of his, uh, later albums that came out in August of 2005. And even though that was the time period where, you know, folks really weren't paying attention to Alice anymore, this record has some good classic rock sounding hits uh, from the intro out from the intro song, Woman to Mass Distraction, uh, Perfect, the, you know, the title song, Dirty Diamonds, even uh, my favorite being Sunset Baby. That's probably mine too. 
I love that song. And, you know, just other songs like uh, Six Hours, that's a good little slow plotting, you know, kind of crooning song. It's got cool little guitar riffage in it. It's very, you know, reminiscent of that late 60s, early 70s exactly. Alice Cooper. It had that vibe and that pace of a classic sounding Alice Cooper band record. A lot of the songs did, and I just I I can't speak highly enough about this record. And I know we've definitely got some songs in the Something Good for You playlist on Spotify. And he plays "Woman of Mass, Mass Destruction" consistently live too, and mm-hmm. that's like the showcase song for Anita uh, Strauss, the shredder guitar player that's uh, in his band now, because she happens to be really attractive, but like yeah. shreds at the same time too. So it was a nice little showcase for her because she does a little solo at the end of it. And the other album that was done right before it, unfortunately, it's not. Not on Spotify anymore, but it was called the uh, The Eyes of Alice Cooper, and it had some. Re- it? It's not on there anymore, and it used to be. It used to be, and it was kind of in that same vein of just that classic rock Alice Cooper sound. And the cool thing about it is those two albums also have Eric Singer on drums. That's right, because the uh, tour for Dirty Diamonds uh, when they played Montro. Uh, they released that as the Live at Montreux album, and Singer was on drums during that tour also. And he wasn't on uh, uh, Dirty Diamonds, who was the uh, drummer on that one, or do we know or care? It was a singer. It was a singer, too? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he started on Brutal Planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think he joined in Brutal Planet, and then he played some from Along Came a Spider. Okay. But by that point... Kiss had kind of pulled him back in. So he's getting Kiss dollars. Yeah. <laughs> way to bring it all the way back around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another fun episode of the Something Good For You podcast. If you got something to share with us, definitely throw that hashtag on social medias, at Something Good For You. Well, hashtag Something Good For You. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Something GFY. Follow and- me on Twitter, at Jimmy the Weed, or not Twitter's Instagram. There you go. Tw- uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at AlexDev1945. And as always, we have that voicemail hotline number, and we want you to call in. If you call in, we'll put you on the show. That phone number, again, is 513-463-7439. So, guys, check us out. Have some fun with us. Get involved. Captain Dunn, do you have an outro for us? Yeah, dude, I think that squirrel is frozen outside. Let's go take a look. Fuck yeah, dude!
No, seriously, look. Where? Like on the thing right there. Or is that a display? Dude, that's a fucking... It's a toy dinosaur. Oh, it's a dinosaur. <laughs> that's right! I forgot about the that's dinosaur. That's a toy dinosaur. <laughs> this has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave. Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.